Hello and welcome to the Central Connecticut Intergroup Podcast. My name is Eddie and I am an alcoholic and I am sitting here with... My name is Chris and I am an alcoholic also. Um, we are going coming. We are brought to you today by CCTI-AA.org. That's our Central Connecticut Intergroup Podcast, um, our Central Intergroup site. You can find our podcast there. You can find um, commitments and what we're trying to do to help bring the message to the community. Um, and so we're going to just dive right in and we're going to hear a little bit about Chris, some of his backstory. But first, serenity prayer. <laughs> Most important always. All right. God, God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now we're ready for Chris's backstory. <laughs> uh, Chris Alcoholic. Let me qualify real quick. I've been in and out of the AA rooms since uh, 1999. I had my first taste of it. Uh, drugs, alcohol, anything. Anything in excess is what I'm addicted to. It doesn't matter if it's a substance, a mood. I want more of anything and everything. And that's the way I've always been. Mm -hmm. um, I've had good lengths of sobriety. Screwed up plenty of times, not working a program. Um, I kind of want to concentrate more on this time because this is what the important thing is. Um, as of today, I have two years. Congratulations, my man. Thank you. Um, I got back into the program after a failed suicide attempt. I hung myself in an abandoned house in New Haven, March 2020. And uh, Rick from New Beginnings gave me a chance, brought me into his houses after a few months in the psych ward, which I didn't work a program, I didn't do anything but sit on a couch and do the poor me bullshit. And you know, I kept relapsing and thrown out, relapsing and thrown out, relapsing and thrown out. And finally, July 5th, I uh, relapsed for the last time. The guy I was working for put his foot down, said, there's no more gym, there's no more work, there's no more nothing. Make some phone calls. So my first phone call was to Eddie here, mm -hmm. and we went to a meeting three days later. Mm-hmm. You stopped me from going to a bar that night. And I stopped you from going to a bar that night because you were going through hell. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's crazy how things work. First lesson right there, picking up the phone not only helps you, it helps the other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I firmly believe that. And since then, I've been working a solid program. Solid program. I have good men in my life. Very good men in my life that I talk to constantly. I talk to constantly. I rely on my people for everything, you know, my sponsor, my 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 group of core guys, you know, I'm on a prayer chain, prayer chain in the morning where we let everybody know we get up, we made our beds, we read our, we read our readings, we prayed, and we check in, and you know what, I haven't been checking in lately because I've been exhausted, and I've been hearing it from people, mm -hmm. so people notice, and it's, it's, it's a good thing, it's a good thing, because it, it, it does make me pick my game up. It's a simple reminder of just prayer and do that. I said, I'm on the same track. It's funny. It's You notice when people fall off or don't notice and you don't see their name come up in the morning. It makes you think you just want to make sure they're doing okay. 
Yeah, you know? or when you start seeing people usually check in at five or six, they start checking in at ten. You know, they have something going on, so you can check in on them. Yep, which is good. Yep. Um, I ran I ran the sober house, and decided that it was time to uh, move on and and like do my own thing, which was probably the best thing for me because you can only go so far living in a sober house. Don't get me wrong, the sober house helped me out a lot, but. At some point, you gotta say it's time for me to be an adult. And at 40 years old, it was definitely time for me to be an adult and do my thing. So, um, you know, I I was doing five, six meetings a week and started sponsoring guys and doing the right thing. I was also on methadone for uh, opiate addiction, which I came off 120 milligrams in 10 months the right way. And Eddie could tell you, I looked like I was going to die at some points, <laughs> and I really thought I was going to. Yep. Um, but I didn't give in. I didn't stop. I didn't give up. And I pushed. I pushed. And I, I, I will, I, know, I will pat myself on the back for that because it was pure hell for not only the ten months I came off, for another four or five months afterwards. Yeah. You were in rough shape some days, man. Yeah. I remember seeing you were in real rough shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was no fun, but it was something that had to be done. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that stuff's supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to give you a leg up, a push. It's not supposed to be a forever thing, you know. And the longer you're on it, the harder it is to get off. So I, I, I am proud I did that. But me saying that, you know, being sober, being a man finally, doing what I'm supposed to do, no, I do not deserve a pat on the back for it. I really don't. In my eyes, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and what I should have been doing all along. You know, I have a son that doesn't talk to me. And, you know, Father's Day came around, and it it was hard. It was definitely hard not getting a text from him. We, I bought him a phone, and I didn't even get a text from him at Father's Day. But nobody owes me shit. I did that damage. I caused that pain. I left him. I walked out on him and his mom. And all I can do is keep trying. And his mother keeps telling me, please don't give up. I don't plan on it. I will be here. When that kid wants to hit send, I will be here. That's all we can do, right? Like, because we do that to ourselves, right? We choose the substance over everything else. And it's like, it's amazing what we'll put in front of everything else just to get out of ourselves, right? To get that feeling. And they said we choose everything all the time. And it's uh, a reminder, man, you share that stuff. And I, I hear you say that. And it's... It's crazy, you know, like you said, they come around when they're ready. All we can do is the work to be ready for when they come around. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I, I'm in a relationship now and there's a little girl involved and her boyfriend's involved also because he lives with us too. Um, do I treat them like they're my own? Yes. Do I love them like they're my own? Yes. Will they ever take my son's place? Never. And, you know, I, I feel bad saying that, but... I could love those two kids that live in my house like they're my own, but the heartbreak from my son not getting hold of me, it, 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 like I said, I did what I did, and all I could do is be a better person towards these other two, and, and, and I am. And I care about them extremely, extremely deeply. I came home today, and G had made me a cake. She had made me a cake, and... Uh, Last thing, like I'm dieting, like I, I I killed myself. That's another thing I did when I came when I started this. I went from like 275 to 240, 
fat and slug sluggish to probably somewhere around 22% body fat at this point. And the last thing I want to see is a cake in front of me, especially when I have no other choice than to eat. You're going to eat it. And you enjoyed it, too. I bet you enjoyed I did. it, too. I did. I did. Exactly. My, my, my <laughs> half a piece, I definitely enjoyed it. But I told him, I said, before I get home from doing this thing, I expect you guys to eat the rest of it. I don't want to see this stuff in my house. You know? <laughs> I'm eating salad for lunch with a can of chicken because I want to eat healthy and I got to come home to a cake. No. No. You know, it's... Uh, Gifts of the program, my man. Look it, at you. It's definitely gifts of the program. You know, Andy could, Andy could tell you, I, I was a, a fat, sluggish slob, you know, and I was okay with that. I thought I looked good. Yeah, no, I look at pictures now, and I'm like, this is where I should have been all the time. You know, I... Uh, Don't shit on yourself. Yeah, well, my nephew's birthday was Monday, and the last time I went to his birthday, I think he was two, which means four years ago, and... Have you seen my, my, my druggy picture? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, it got brought up. And the picture of me is scary. It, it's definitely scary to see the trans- transformation from drinking and using drugs to now. It, it's absolutely nuts. Here, Eddie. That changes. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, you don't even look. Yeah, I was like 165 pounds. You don't look the same. I, 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 was, I was looking good there. Nobody <laughs> knew I was getting messed up. It was great. Yeah, no. And for being invited to my nephew's birthday for the first time since I showed up and embarrassed everybody that day, four years ago, it felt good. You know, gifts of the program. You know, Uncle Chris, Uncle Chris, Uncle Chris. It, it was great. It was great. You know, um, I get extreme. I get uh, involved a lot. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, we just did a pig roast with uh Oh my God. The Bethany house, right? Oh my God. It's going to bother the hell of me. At the Aurora house in Bethany, we just did a pig, cro- pig roast with um, Glorious Recovery. Yep. Just did a pig roast with Glorious Recovery on a Sunday, and it was a, it was a su- success. We had people from Mountainside. We had people from Sober Houses. We had the girls that live in the house there. You know, and we went through 60-pound pig, 100 hamburgers, 100 hot dogs, 50 pounds of chicken, all sorts of pasta, salads, desserts. Everybody had a good time, and it was all recovery. Mm-hmm. It, it was a good time. It was, you know, and and here I am. Lately, I've been I've been feeling like I've been doing too much for everybody else and not for not enough for myself because I've been trying to quote unquote fill my cup, yep. fill my cup first. Because if I'm not whole and I'm not doing good, then I'm no good to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of, you know, my boss, Scott, he, he said it. He's like, you're kind of wearing yourself thin lately. Because if I'm not at work, I'm at the gym. If I'm not at the gym, I'm helping here. I'm helping this person. I'm doing something for this person. I'm trying to take care of the kids. I'm... And I, 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 I crashed. I crashed. The day before, we went on vacation to uh, Atlantic City. And the two days before I left, I crashed. I was pretty much in tears sitting in the car. I was done. I was done. I was worn out. And he was like, take this vacation, shut your phone off, and go. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I told you, the trip was a total nightmare because Atlantic City has turned into a fentanyl, drug-induced uh, zombie nation. And, you know, I walk out of the hotel at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym in the next building, and dudes are shooting drugs in the doorway of 
like the hard rock. It's 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 insane. It's insane. And I spent more time in the gym than anywhere to the point where I hurt myself so bad I couldn't work out for a week <laughs> when I came home. So, you know, hey, it's not the vacation I needed. It's no. not the vacation. I need next vacation. Good reminder, be in, though. Yeah, next vacation is going to be in the woods. In the woods. In the woods. Like, you, I'm going to have to <laughs> hike up to the cabin I'm in with no cell service and hope I can hike back up because I don't want to be wrong, though, buddy. You know, but it was a... It, like you said, it was definitely a reminder. It was a reminder. It was a reminder that, you know, that little bit of drugs, that little bit of alcohol, I'll be right back to being homeless. I'll be right back to play a rush roulette with my life. You know, I, I, I and here, here's where coming, working a program came in good for me because I went through my phone and I found every dope fiend I knew. And I started calling them at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, waking them up. They're like, oh, I need to talk. I need to talk. I but you to use talk. the tools, right? And I use the, the tools. tools. I use the tools. They got me through it. Granted, I'm locked in a 18th floor of a hotel looking out the window as my family's on the beach having a good time. But I'm too scared to walk across the boardwalk because, you know, you got zomb- zombie land out there. Like, it's almost looking like a call takes, of duty. It takes what it takes, though, right? That's like, it. But you managed to stay sober through a rough experience. Yeah. Using the tools and using the program. And, and I did one of those things. And, 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 okay, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of motivational speakers, and I had my little notebook with me. Yep. And I started going through it, and, and here it is. And this is the one I kept reading the whole time. When you can't stay motivated, stay constant. Consistency is going to bring you back your motivation. So you get sluggish. You don't want to do stuff. Just stay consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's... all of a sudden, your motivation will come back. And, and that's really what it was. Like Towards like the last two days of the trip, I was starting to get back my drive, starting to like venture out to the beach, starting to do this and that, because I was picking up the phone, doing the things that I do every day when I'm home. But I was just doing it with different people because, you know, I talk to all alcoholics. So, I, I mean, nothing against them, but they don't know what you're going that dark do. side of shooting yeah. opiates. So you, so. But, I mean, like I said, you have both sides where you're still able to reach out and still use the tools, you know. And, like, I think it's the same thing. I think it's a great thing for, like, in sobriety, too. Like, sometimes sobriety's not easy, you know what I mean? And sometimes, like... I see balance, right? That balance goes up and down. I know it on the way up. I know it on the way down. I'm very rarely ever right in the middle, you know? But like you said, consistency. I have my meetings I go to every week. I hit what I'm supposed to do. I I said I hit the prayer group. I talk to the same people. And I hit that constant group. And that's what keeps me going when it's down. Yeah. And I don't want to go or I don't want to do something. Someone reaches out to me. It's like, hey, I didn't see you tonight. And then, like I said, I notice when I miss that consistency. But I think that's great, dude. It's truth. The consistency is what... Makes it. And, and it turns it back into, all right, so I do it for two weeks. I don't want to do it, but I do it. And all of a sudden I hear something or I get invited somewhere and it brings me back into the swing of things. It brings me back into the flow where I was and I'm picked back up. And that's 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 kind of what I, I needed when I came back. Mm-hmm. Like I came back Saturday. Sunday. I came back Saturday. What time did we get back? I think I went to bed at like 3.30 in the morning and mm-hmm. 9 a.m. I'm sitting at Mike's house at that meeting with you. Yeah. Like, like, I knew I had to get there. Last thing I wanted to do was get out of bed after driving from New Jersey and sitting in one-lane traffic across Ugh. the GW. Yeah. It took longer over the GW than it did from the Connecticut border to New Haven. <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing I wanted to do was get up and be at Mike's for 9 a.m. So, but that's where I, I, knew I, I knew I had to do it. And it got me back into the group. 
you yeah. know, and it got me pushing again and got me going back to my, my regular meetings. And, and, you know, that rang true. Mm-hmm. It, it really rang true after seeing this coming back. You know, yeah. didn't want to do it because, all right, granted, I remember when we'd hang out all the time on Saturday nights, it was like, do we go to the meeting? Do we watch a fight? Do we do? <laughs> but we dragged to the meeting. Yep. You know, and, and it was like, it was like that. It was like that, it, you know, and it just got got going and flipping and doing it. Again. It's what kept us sober, right? That's why I said we spent so much time at the fellowship was so good, and then I laugh. It's the same thing. It's but it's that consistency of like picking the phone and doing the same thing and being at those meetings. People expect after a while, like people. I look forward to going. Sometimes I don't want to go, but people look forward to seeing me sometimes at meetings, and I remember that too. And it's a good chance to get there. And if I'm not there, I don't hear anything. Yeah, exactly. And I have to be there to hear the message, or else. I forget very, very quickly. All right, and to jump off of that, like, like you know me, I speak. I don't care who I offend, who I hurt. <laughs> it's easier to give a resentment than to hold one. So, so you know, <laughs> call your sponsor. I don't give a shit. But I speak at the meeting just like this, and nine out of ten times after a meeting, somebody will come up to me and be like, "Wow, I'm glad you said that." So not only am I getting stuff off my chest. But I could have helped this person, that person, or that person. So I need to be there. I need to speak from the heart. And, you know, like I said, if I offend you, come talk to me or call your sponsor. <laughs> it's not my problem. But it's it's where you're feeling and it's where you're at and it's how it's going. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the things that is important is that you you share how you feel, right? And you're being honest and true, you know? And I think that's what's so huge is, like, you're not sculpting some message to yeah. look great. No. You're just exactly. You're just sharing where you're at. I think that's so important because sometimes I think, I know I get, I try to before I speak. I usually try to like, all right, like let my higher power we can just come out what comes through. But I find sometimes like I sit there yeah. planning what's gonna sound good, and I don't yeah. want to be that person. And, and then you forget what the hell you're gonna say. It's never as good. It's never as good as what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, and, and here's another quote. Jumping off of that. Yep. You know it. Staying me is the most important part. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if I offend you, I'm sorry. But this is what I'm going through, and I'm going to speak on it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I say too much. It is what it is, but that's what was on my chest. Yeah, it's what you need to share you know, at the time. It's what you need to share. And, you know, I, and it's sad because I see it a lot in the meetings. People hold back. You could tell they want to say more, but, you know, people start making noises, start. Yeah, no. No, we're here to help ourselves. But by helping ourselves, we usually help other people. We mm-hmm. really do. You know, when I learned I learned right away, um, being envious of people, mm-hmm. you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to get anywhere. So, like, I took people that I met, you, your understanding, your, your forgiveness, and instead of being envious, I saw what you did to get there. And I saw what you did to act like that, and I try and model it. Another one of our friends, his relationship, mm-hmm. how he dealt with what he was going through, and who he was with. I I saw how he how he did it, and instead of being envious and being like, "Oh, I hate him, I want that," I did what he did to get it. Um, Scott with the with the drive for work, you know, I saw he stayed hungry, so I stayed hungry. You know, it's not, you know, Mike with his sense of humor, <laughs> you know. As many people want to, like, shoot them in the parking lot, you know, I, I like that about him. Yep. And instead of hating him because he can have humor about anything and I catch feelings, 
I tried being more like him. It's, 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 you know, I see way too many people hate you. I like your car. I hate you. What you do to get your car? How did you obtain the job you have? You know, how, okay, so you put in 80-hour weeks for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and you worked through your sobriety? How'd you keep your sobriety? Going? You keep okay, sobriety? so I got to do what he did so I could be where he is. Not exactly, but in that rut. You know, because way too many people get envious and start hating on everybody. And you could feel the tension. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fake friends, a lot of bullshit, and nobody wants that. You don't need that. We're, we're all grown ass adults, 30s, 40s, 50 years old, 60. There's no reason to be envious. No, we're all just know? trying to get through, you know? Like you said, exactly what it is, like, trying to, like, model sobriety after people, too, right? Like, that's why I said it's so important to find a sponsor that you really look like, that you can relate to. And they, like you said, they have a sobriety that you want, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and the only way you get there is, like I said, by doing what we do. You know what I mean? And you try and follow and model those things after them to get the kind of things that they have, especially in their life, sobriety. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I have my issues. I, I have my... You know, my mind, and you know this, my mind is my own worst goddamn enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, my mind scares me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was man enough to call a therapist and, and get some help because I feel like I'm slipping. I'm slipping, you know, like, emotionally. I'm not sleeping. I'm, I'm back to, like, two hours a night. If I'm lucky, three hours, three hours of sleep is a great night for me. And then I hit the gym for a couple hours. I work eight, ten hours. I run around like a madman at home, help with dinner, you know, make sure the kids are good, go to a meeting, and, and maybe I'm sleeping by 12 o'clock. And then I'm up again at 3.30, if I'm lucky. You're insane. I, I mean, last <laughs> night I slept for an hour and a half. I, it was a great time. Like, I might need something other than a meeting to help. And it's... And that's okay. You know, it's okay because mental illness goes hand in hand with this. It yeah. does. It does. I mean, I got off all my psych meds. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I did good for like eight months, ten months. And then as soon as I started feeling that slip, I was like, I, I better call somebody. Yeah. It's okay to seek outside help. And you know what I mean? I think the one thing that it comes to is like getting to a point to admitting still that we need help, right? Like even in this program, just like with simple things, I have a hard time admitting I need help. You know, and being vulnerable and asking for that help and getting it from my support network or going to a therapist and actually knowing that I need to open stuff up only comes when I'm willing to be honest with myself and be like, I really need help and being able to say that to someone and being vulnerable. And putting for me, it's putting my ego aside because my ego runs the show. Yeah. And it's tough for me to set that aside. And it's, but it's good, man. It's, it's, there's I mean, no shame in outside tools. Exactly. I was talking to my son's mother on the way here. She was giving me an update on he's doing coding and he's doing this. He's doing. She was giving me an update on how he was mm-hmm. doing. She was like, how are you doing? Which is nice to have somebody ask, ask me, how are you doing? And like, we're together 14 years. I'm not going to pull punches. I was like, I'm fucked up. Yeah. I'm upset. I'm depressed. I don't know why. And before she said anything, I said, I did call therapist last week. I filled out all the paperwork this morning. I'm just waiting for a call back. I'm doing this, this, and this with them. And she was like, holy shit, you're actually reaching out for help? You did grow. You did grow. Because I used to bottle that off until either I went and got high, I went and got drunk, or I went and got arrested. Yep. You know, it's, 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 like, that shows growth right there. She was shocked. I thought she was going to crash her car. (laughs) Like, like, seriously, she was shocked. And for, for somebody, I was with her for 14 years. She knows how I am. She knows everything about me. And when I said it, she she was like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she went dead silent. 
reaching out for help is the hardest thing yeah. we can do. It's the hardest no. thing to do. No, and I just talk about slipping. And, and I got to remember this. You know, I, I constantly feel like I'm slipping because it's not like I, I don't want what I had. You know, I had everything I ever wanted. You know, I was a spoiled brat. I did anything I wanted. I went anywhere I wanted with whoever I wanted. And, you know, I don't want that. You know, I want something more. I want something whole, quality people, good life, good relationship, happiness, sobriety, and, and to drive forward. So now when I feel like I start slip, I'm starting to slip, I, I remember this. Okay, so another thing I listened to probably six months ago, um, in order for an arrow to go forward, it has to be pulled back. Mm-hmm. So as long as you don't give up and say, I, I can't do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm never going to get there, you will go forward. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep the drive. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I feel like I start slipping, like a couple weeks ago at work, I, I was starting to feel like I was losing traction, falling backwards, not wanting to go to work. I'm going to do shit. They didn't want to help anybody. You know, I, 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 wanna, I didn't want to work with anybody. I wanted to be left alone. Put my headphones in, leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Yep. And that's not what my job entails. Like, I got to be there to help people. I got to be there to listen. I got to be there when people need help with stuff. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. Like, seriously, I'm going to go put me on another job and let me do my thing. <laughs> and if you guys need me, call me. I'll be over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, and I started feeling like I was slipping backwards. No gratitude. All right. No yeah, gratitude. exactly. No gratitude. And, and there's no reason I should have any gratitude. I mean, I was living in a goddamn cemetery two and a half years ago. Yeah. I was living in a fucking cemetery. I had a job. I was living in a cemetery because of COVID. I couldn't get in anywhere. It's sleeping in a cemetery and trying to do the right thing. How can you do the right thing living in a cemetery? And you're alive, bro. Like and I'm alive. Yeah, I, I, I tried killing myself and I'm alive. I'm, I mean, like I said, when I first met you, you had, I remember you said you had the bruises on your neck. Yeah. Like I said, it's one of those things, like you said, you're alive. Like I said, it's so easy to fall into those things of lack of gratitude. Lack of gratitude. I know, like, when I'm feeling a certain way, it's usually because I have not taken the time to really look at what I'm grateful for. You know, and, man, but it's so stupid. Like, and someone goes, well, what have you done? A gratitude list? And I get resentful. I'm like, do you need to do a gratitude list? list? (laughs) But the truth is, sometimes that's what I need because I get so wrapped up in my own stuff that I forget to take a second and breathe and be like, I am grateful. Look at all this stuff I have. Look at all the small, just from the small gifts that I have from sobriety that I have burned to the ground several times when I pick up a drink. I've had nothing. It's like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. (laughs) How the hell did that happen for the umpteen time? Exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and here's the thing. When I wake up and I'm laying in bed and I'm like, I don't even want to go to work. Well, like, like okay, for today, for, uh, for example, you know, after my hour and a half worth of sleep, since I'm working on a porch and a, tre- a deck and a trellis, I was really hoping it was still raining this morning. Yep. And I got up and I saw the sun shining and I'm like, I fucking hate my life. <laughs> and, you know, I looked around my house. It was nice and quiet. I looked at my gym bag. Looked at the car keys. I know I got money on my car. I can, you know, I'm up. You know, I, I could go get something to eat. I could go get a sandwich. I could get in a car, walk out of my house, get into a car, mm-hmm. drive somewhere, <laughs> get something like to eat that I want, mm-hmm. and then you know, we'll see how what happens next. Because yeah. one good thing just will lead to another, to another, to another. It's like that's that uh that admiral that spoke about making your bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you make your bed in the morning, and if nothing goes goes right for you, at least you come home to a nice bed made. 
-hmm. You know, but making that bed turns into putting your shoes on right, turns into doing this, turn, and it's one good thing after that. And, and I, I try and hit my days like that. I really do because I lose gratitude so quick. You know, I start thinking about my son, and what I had, and what I could have been doing, and what, what, what's the point? What's the point? It's called the past for some, for a reason. Like, it's mm -hmm. gone. It's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I and the only re way I could get to the future I want is if I keep my head down and keep striving for it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give up. Mm -hmm. And definitely, I refuse to put off till tomorrow what I could do today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's getting kind of crazy, the fact that like, I will literally get up, put my shoes on, and go take care of something at 7 o'clock at night when I could just easily have done it on the way home from work tomorrow. But that shit needs to get done because something else might come up tomorrow, and I won't be able to do that or do this. So I definitely try and do everything I can when I can do it because, you know, you know my life, it's hectic, it's crazy. You know, the other day I was on four different jobs. Before 12 o'clock. Before 12 o'clock, I was at four different jobs. Mm -hmm. What is my afternoon going to look like at that point? And how much energy am I going to have after work to do any of the chores I had to do? And you said you're so involved with sponsorship, with work and all yeah. that too. I said, how do you get into that? You know what I mean? How do you find time for that through all of this? What do you, how do you keep time for that? I don't fill my own cup. Mm -hmm. And I run myself ragged. And that's the most important thing I'm doing now. I'm learning balance. Mm -hmm. I'm learning balance because, you know, I keep saying my time's my gym time. But that's not really, that's, that's not the time I need. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to sit. I need to be able to reflect. I need to spend time with my loved ones. I need to have a life outside of work. And, you know, I didn't get clean and sober. To handcuff myself to an AA chair and not have a life with people in the rooms, you know, and like, all right, so we're playing softball on Friday nights. That's coming to an end for me because I have to start doing other things because work, like I have to cut meetings out that I usually go to because of my work schedule. Mm -hmm. So I have to cut softball out to pick up another meeting. Yeah. You know, and, and, and here's a nice thing. There really wasn't a Friday night meeting I was interested in. I talked to some people at the Aurora House, and we're going to start a meeting there now on Friday nights. Yeah, so you're just finding time and finding ways to make it work, right? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, my sponsees are my sponsees. I can't, I can't chase them down and beat the stuff into them. I will be there when they need me. I will do the step work when they're ready to. I... They, and they know, the guys I work with, they know. You know, they call me two or three in the morning and say, I'm having an issue, I'm right there. Yeah. But, don't call me at two or three in the morning and be like, I got messed up, I'm going to keep getting messed up, I'll call you in a few days. You know, it's, they don't understand, like, they don't understand, like, I will do anything I can to help them. Just don't use me. And, and there was a couple of them I was getting used by. Mm -hmm. And, it would, the hardest thing was cutting them loose. Cutting them loose. And, but I had to do it for my own good. I had to do it for my own good. I, I mean, I had one that actually used me to lie to their spouse, to say they were with me, 
And it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're done too. Like I, 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 I love working with the guys I work with for sponsorship and my sponsees, but if they're not willing to give it, I'll be here when you're ready to. Mm-hmm. I, I, I learned to stop chasing these kids. Yeah. Stop chasing them because I was investing way too much into them, and it just gets tiring. It gets tiring because you get emotionally involved with them, and there's got to be a line. There's got to be a line somewhere. You know, and I, I learned that. I, I learned that like in three months ago. I learned that three months ago. Like, mm-hmm. it, there's got to be a line to where it's not my job to push you to want to better yourself. It's my job to guide you mm-hmm. and be there for you. Mm-hmm. But to push you and, and chase you to do your step work. I had one kid that we got on the fourth step, and I want to say three and a half months later. He asked me for the paperwork for the fourth step again because he lost it. Because he never did anything with it. He lost the notebook. He lost everything. Mm-hmm. So I gave it to him again, and two months later, he stopped talking to me. Yeah. So it's like, You're I'm there, not going to push you. I'm not going to push you. You're there. Like you said, it's they have to be willing to do the work, right? You're ju- you have to be willing to be there when they call. The goal is to be there and willing to do the work when they're ready. Exactly. You know, and... Uh, I, 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 there's one thing that I always got to remember, like, weakness is a choice. You know, drug addicts, alcoholics are some of the strongest, most resilient, most hungry people on this planet. Mm-hmm. There, there, there isn't a thing we will not do in our active use, drugs, alcohol, I don't care what it is, to get our next fix, mm-hmm. our next bottle, our next anything. Like, there isn't a thing we will not do. There isn't, like, I, I personally, I remember times working 12, 14-hour days for 100 bucks just so I get through the day. Get yeah. a bag, get a bag, and get some booze. Yep. You know? I got to remember that. I worked that hard for my next fix, my next bottle, my next anything. Why can't I work that hard in my sobriety to move forward and better myself? You know, it, weakness is a mind. It's in your mind. It's, and I feel the same way with fear. You know, what is fear? Fear is something that has not happened, might not happen, and you don't know the outcome of a situation. You're afraid of something that is yet to be determined. And fear handcuffs people. And that was a weakness I had. I, I can't be afraid. I wasn't afraid when I was buying a bag from a guy that I didn't know mm-hmm. and putting that shit in my veins. Why am I going to be afraid to take take the next step to better myself? Yep. For me to get rid of that fear, I had to really, like I said, I had to develop my relationship with my higher power. Like I said, I have to turn that stuff over because the more I try and hold on to it, yeah. the more it makes it worse. Like I need a higher power, and I have to rely on the higher power to tell me, like, or at least for me, I have to be like, I need that to be like I'm doing the right thing. You know, like I said, I just I put in my two weeks at my job. You know what I mean? And I am. Absolutely, I'm kind of shocked to shit. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> terrified, you know. But I couldn't do that without my higher power and putting, um, feeling like it's gonna be okay, you know. Like I said, I, we we're saying the meeting, we get all the time I ask for help from my higher power, and um, I get lifelines thrown at me, right? Hey. And sometimes I'm too scared to, to grab, grab the lifeline and grab help. The, the best is when we grab onto the lifeline and then we let go, oh. we get we let go. Exactly, because I'm too scared because I don't think that's what I need. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have to I haven't fully turned it over. And I'm really starting to get to a point where I try to fully turn it over and I still 
all the time. Like, I have to stop and try and turn it over and say the serenity prayer and give stuff over because I let that stuff rule my life. I let fear run my life. I let fear run my life for a long time and I because I can't turn it over. I can't believe, like, I can't see the big picture and that bothers yeah. me. See, it, 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 it made me think of it when, you know, I was afraid to ask for more money at work. I was afraid to make the step into a relationship. I was afraid to getting out of the sober house. And I was sitting there one day and I'm thinking to myself, all right, so I literally would go to a package store, get a bottle, get good, and then walk up to a random guy on a corner and be like, do you have this, this, or this? Take it and then one way or another put it into my body, not knowing what the hell he just told me. Yeah. I had no fear of that. No. But yet I have fear of bettering myself where the hell? Praise the man. There's no con- no sense of consequence, right? Like I said, I'll drink myself into oblivion. I'll do whatever, yeah. okay, without not think twice about it. Like I said, I'm amazed. I never got. I'm lucky. I didn't have any consequences. You know what I mean? But I would get. I would drink myself to oblivion, and I jump on the wheel of a car, and I drive home, and I never got into a consequence. Never even thought twice about it. We yeah. made jokes about it. Yeah. Eddie has mystery car Monday. Yeah. If you went you outside, tell me you you go outside your house. You couldn't find your truck. truck. You look outside by side, I'd walk one way or the other way, and it was a joke. You know what I mean? And it's so nothing that's funny. And it's like, I live my life without fear of consequences. And, like, I had to be humbled by this program and, like, really start to see, like, what's going yeah. on in my life, you know? Yeah, and it was, I, I, I had those nights. Those mornings where you wake up and it's like, okay, where am I? Mm-hmm. Where am I? And it's literally you've got to walk around looking for people, wake them up and be like, yo, where am I? Oh, you're in Danbury. How did I get to Danbury? We were in Waterbury. <laughs> How am I in Danbury? Yep. Or the best was I woke up one morning. I was in New York. Like, in the woods in New York. I'm like, listen, how did this happen? And we're like, I don't know. You left with this person. When you got in the car with that person, and you ended up at this party. Where is this party? Oh, you're like, like four hours from home? <laughs> what the fuck? How'd I get- okay. It's amazing what we do in our disease, right? Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that you know what's amazing to me. I can sit back and laugh about it now. Mm-hmm. A sense of humor. It, you, you know, it, it's it's that dumb, 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 dumb saying, and I hate it. And I'm gonna say it. You know, the best part of sobriety is you get your feelings back, you get your emotions back, you get all that great stuff back. Your sense of humor. The worst part is you got all that shit back. Yep. You know, I there, there's a lot of times I really enjoy it. Like sitting here with you laughing and having a good time. Yep. You know, three days ago I was sitting on the edge of my bed crying like a baby. I can't, you, you, you know, it, it, sucks. Know. it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> but you know what? It's a part of growth. It's a part of growth. When I, the first time I actually cried and had a real reason to cry, I was like, holy shit, I'm crying. I, yeah. I have to try and work through my emotions. Now. It's so funny because before I would just shove all these emotions out and never had to deal with them. Now I don't have to deal with it. It's great. I like the good ones. I hate the bad ones, you know what I mean? I hate feeling upset, I hate feeling sad, I hate feeling angry. And like, I have to learn to deal with that stuff, you know what I mean? And it's, this program has taught me how to deal with those things. And it's just, I'm grateful, like you said, to cry. And I'm grateful when I cry. Like I said, I'm grateful that like, I later I look back, it's like, I can't believe I'm upset about certain things. And it's like, I actually can deal with these emotions. And I have these emotions compared to before, I was just numb. Yeah. All right, well, well not to bring up like the past. All right, so a little over two years ago, I'm sitting in your truck. You're crying like a baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. A year late, let's, uh, I want to say six months later, I finally end the relationship with my son's mother, and I'm sitting in a meeting 
crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the first, I don't know about you that night in the truck, like, but that was the first time when she finally ended me. It was the first time, like, real emotions came out mm-hmm. when I was clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared. Like, like, it scared the hell out of me because, you know, you had those fake cries, you know, you had the, the, the hungover feelings, you had the... This was like raw motion that came out of nowhere. I was perfectly fine talking to her on the phone. We left the gym, we went to the Tony's meeting, and I'm sitting there in the chair, and about five minutes of the meeting, I started crying hysterically, and I had to walk out of the meeting. It scared the absolute living hell out of me, though. It scared the hell out of me. You know, but in a year and a half since, it's been, you know, cry, laugh, Anger, love, lust. Uh, I mean, all, all those emotions come through, and it's just, it feels normal now. It feels normal. And, and that might be the one thing I'm grateful for. Like, the normality of being, just being a normal person. A normie. Yeah, a normie. I, 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 <laughs> normie. No, just being a normal person. Being yeah. a normal person. Like, you, you look at the person, you know, sitting in the car, crying at the stoplight, because they just got into an argument with somebody they love, and it's like, holy shit. I can feel that way one day. Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels good. It feels two years into it, I can feel that. I can mm-hmm. feel that. But I can also judge, like we were talking earlier, I can judge where I need outside help with it. And, and that's where I'm at. And, I'm, and I feel comfortable saying that. Like, yeah. But like, that's... I don't, you know me, I don't ask for help. I don't ask for help. Like, I, I refuse to. I refuse to. I wasn't raised that way. Don't ask for help. People ask you for help. You don't ask for help. Yep. You know, because it was always... If somebody's going to help you, they're just going to help you. Don't ask. Don't ask. If somebody wants to help you, they're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me to ask for help, it's a huge thing. And it's a gift of this program. Mm-hmm. It's a gift of sobriety. It's a gift of this program. You know, and, and having tools to deal with shit. You know, I got my network. I got loved ones. I have my meetings. I have my sponsor. You know, I have, I have things in my life that... I'm not, I haven't had in years. Even when I had sobriety before, I didn't have this shit. I didn't have, I didn't have none of this. Like, I, these two years have been an emotional roller coaster. A lot of rough things. The three years prior were insane. And the ten years before that, you know, it was good, it was great, but there was no quality to anything I was doing in life. There was no no network. There was no there was no people. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was. I'm not drinking. I'm not using drugs. I'm good. I don't need a program. I don't need meetings. I'm good. Like there there was no quality. Like I wouldn't trade these two years for any of the other clean time I ever had. You know, and even with all the shit I've been through in the past couple of years, you know, family, personal, children, you know, it, it's it, it. I still made it out of the woods. I could say I made it out of the woods, and it's as long as I don't stop to drive, it's, and as long as I, as long as I stay hungry, it's only up from here. There's so many opportunities, and, and that goes for anybody. Anybody, like I said, drug addicts and alcoholics are some of the most creative, hungry people in the world, and then all of a sudden they they find sobriety and they become slugs. There's no reason you can't carry that shit over. You know, if I'm willing to go shovel horse shit and clean sidewalks for $10 an hour so 
I could spend 99% of what I made that day on drugs and alcohol, and I'm going to work 12, 14 hours in the sun, yep. why can't I get out of bed and like go to work? Go to meetings. Like I said, if you, if go you drive, to meetings. Go, go why can't I do what I need to do to stay sober and move forward in my life? I said, well, like they say, if you try half as hard in this program as you did trying to get your fix or get drunk or do that, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because yeah. all the lies, all the maintaining, yeah. all the stuff. Shit, is if so you much try better. half, as, if I try half as hard to do the right thing now, I'll be a billionaire by the age of 50. <laughs> like, seriously. Seriously. I'm going to take over a Fortune 500 company by the time I'm 55. <laughs> because there was a lot of damn work. To keep the plate spinning. Just to, yeah, just, just to, like, just do what I had to do. And, you know, you got to stay hungry. I stay hungry. And it's a good feeling. No. You look great, man. I'm so glad you're, you're here tonight. Like I said, it's it's good to see you. It's good to hear about you, man. I'm glad you made two years. I say Thank congratulations, you. buddy. Thank you. It was kind of it was kind of crazy. You sent me that text last night, and then when I told her this morning I was going, she was like, "Oh my god, I wonder if it's because you got two years." I said, "No, it's because somebody canceled on you." But it is. Uh, it works what's it out called? Great. It's uh, not karma. It's the higher power. It's, yeah, the higher man. power. Yeah. What are the odds? I said, same thing. What are the odds? Too? And then how long have I said, what are the odds? You can't even go two years and it's like perfect. Like, yeah. I'm actually really glad that I got canceled on because then I get to sit with you on two years and we get to have this thing. And, and you know, you sat with me on my one year. Me, you, and Christina went to dinner. We did. Nope. We went to dinner. Everybody else was on vacation. Everybody was doing this, fishing, doing And me, you, and her went to Chili's. Yep. Went to Chili's on your one year. I remember that too. Yeah. Yep. yep. You look good, buddy. I'm happy Feel for good. you, man. Thank you, Eddie, for having me out here. It was a good time. This was, I needed this. I, I appreciate needed this. it. I appreciate it. Um, we'll close with the uh, We Virgin the Serenity Prayer, and uh, we'll get on out of here. Thanks, buddy. All right. Um, <clears throat> God, God, grant us, grant us the, the serenity, serenity to accept the things we cannot change, change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference.